all children deserve to see themselves in a book. But in Aotearoa, this just isn't happening. That's the key point made in the acceptance speech by the country's most recent winner of the Storylines Betty Gilderdale Award for Outstanding Service to Children's and Young Adult Literature and Reading. Sarah Forster gave her speech yesterday online, using it to call on publishers to work more closely with authors and to bring out a much more diverse range of books for young readers. She's currently the Senior Communications Advisor for Te Heringa Waka at Victoria University of Wellington. Her CV also includes writing about and reviewing children's literature, being the founding editor of the Sapling website, being a judge for the New Zealand Book Awards for children and young adults, and she's worked for Booksellers New Zealand and Read New Zealand, Te Pō Murumura. Tēnā Sarah, and congratulations. Tēnā Lynn. Thank you very much. You've put a lot of thought, a lot of love into your speech. It feels like kind of a literary call to arms in many ways, would you say? I, I hope so. Um, it was. Uh, it all came from from spending so much time on the sapling and getting so many wonderful views from um, our diverse authors out there, um, uh, especially in our reckonings and sort of rereading these and just sort of coalescing it into my own experiences as well and see what I've seen from my perspective um, in my career in books. Um, yeah, and I, I hope it is. I hope it is. I plucked from your speech that phrase, all children des- deserve to see themselves in a book. Uh, and you feel this very strongly. Why is it so important? And we'll come to the fact, why isn't it happening? Um, it is very important. Um, we, we still have large portions of our population that can't see themselves in a book um, here in New Zealand. Um, I've, I've spoke at length in the speech, or well, I spoke at some length in the speech about the really welcome rise of publishing in Te Reo Māori and the rise of publishing from Pacifica publishers. Um, and I also, but I also said, I mean, these, these Pacifica publishers, the ones I mentioned specifically were um, Dahlia Malialu um, and uh, Lani Went Young. And both of those have had to do their publishing independently, um, despite trying trying to get in and, and not being accepted into the into the literature, and that has has started to change already for them. They've been picked up by One Tree House, and their physical copies of their books are being published here in New Zealand by One Tree House, which is wonderful to see. And One Tree House has really done positive work on that front um, in different ways as well. You extrapolate on on um, that phrase, Sarah, in the speech. I strongly believe that all children and young people, no matter their race, religion country of origin, skin colour, gender, or who they have a crush on, should see themselves reflected in a book. I mean, it feels like we're having conversations about particularly things like gender fluidity, but is it yet to be seen uh, in our books? And is that because publishers are reluctant? I imagine it would be that rather than writers are reluctant to write their stories, surely. I don't know where it's coming from. I I don't think it's all... I don't want to blame the publishers for everything. <laughs> um, that would be unfair. Um, but I, I think that, I just think things move more slowly in slow-moving industries like publishing than perhaps our minds move, um, if that makes any sense. Um, I think certainly, um, like we, we had a, a reckoning written by um, Kylie Parry and her two children, Ray, 
and Mindy who have lived experience um, of being trans here in New Zealand. And there is nothing, there is nothing showing their experiences right now. Um, I think there will be. I, I have hope. Kylie herself is a really good writer. Um, I have hope. Another quote. This is trouble when you write a really good speech that you have quotes thrown back at you. But <laughs> it says, I'd love to see stories celebrating more than just our Christian normative cultural institutions. Mm. So we've got a way to way to go. Can you expand on that for us? Yeah. So um, one of our co-editors at The Sapling, Nita Fiazi, um, is Hazara Muslim. Uh, and she is, and I hope I've said that correctly, um, and she was a really strong influence. Um, speaking speaking to me, um, I had a long conversation with her and a couple of the other editors last year when, when I first found out I won this award and she was talking to me about, you know, Eid, it's so important um, and yet it's not being, not being recognised um, in any sort of publishing. Um, I think this year we've had Swapna Hedo has written on, I think it was Ramadan, um, and there's been a couple of books, but she's published internationally. This is not coming from New Zealand publishers yet. I know, you, as you said, it's not all on the publishers, but you are calling in mm. your speech for more diversity in writers, you know, um, calling on larger publishers in particular to prioritise diversity in, in hiring and in the authors they invest in? Um, yes, absolutely. I am. I've, I've seen, there are steps moving in that direction. Um, I think they have to be more deliberate. Um, and I think, you know, Creative New Zealand is coming to the party by funding in specific targeted ways. Um, but there needs to be there needs to be more of a kind of, you know, a deliberate attempt. I don't know what this looks like. It could it be um, a specific call out for voice diverse voices. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that there are some um, people that are writing and that are submitting that aren't being published, and I don't know what that is, what, what's happening there. But I think there needs to be something targeted to make sure we are getting these voices through and make sure it's it's a really deliberate thing for the people, for the children of refugees, the children who are who are here that don't see themselves in our literature and just think they're invisible like Dahlia Malialu used to. This is very early days for you to get a reaction to this speech. I'm sure you will, but you did write for Newsroom yeah. recently, and that was a really hard-hitting piece too, and you, you talk about an, an ugly side to children's publishing, you know, that the commercial value is outweighing other things that should be considered when it comes to children being, and the mm. books that they read. What reaction have you had to that? Uh, mixed. Um, I think generally very supportive. Um, my my main feedback loop, I guess, is in the sapling community, and the sapling community is quite a broad broad church and a very uh, a very good group of humans. Um, I had a couple of kind of hate mail type responses in the sapling inbox, which was unwelcome but quickly deleted. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's difficult, I think, um, when you've got, and I know, you know, publishers have become smaller, tighter um, groups. And I, I think it can be hard to read everything with an eye to everything that you need to think about. But I think that needs to be 
maybe they need to slow down um, and do that. I mean, you made the point too, Sarah, that this isn't solely uh, an issue here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that mm. similar discussions Absolutely are being not. held overseas, yeah? Yeah. Sorry, I just need to correct myself. Swapna Hedo actually um, wrote about Diwali, <laughs> a very recent book. Sorry. You're a details person. I appreciate handy. that. No, that's good to get it right. <laughs> um, but let's have a look at what's happening overseas. Are there any countries that we can look to as as showing us the way or, or a way that's different to, to the path we're following at the moment? Something that has exists overseas that doesn't exist here is um, the idea of, um, of uh, diversity readers, cultural readers, so people of the culture that have been written about by people from different cultures are reading the manuscripts before they go to print to ensure that nothing is being misrepresented. Um, that's not an industry. If it, it's, if it does exist at all in New Zealand, um, I, I think it's in a very informal way, um, more of a show your friend uh, type of thing rather than show an independent outside person with a critical eye. Um, and I think that would be something that would benefit from. Picture books you talk about specifically um, in your talk, saying that illustrations that may have been monoculture have become multicultural and headscarves, positive recognition of disability, some queer representation. And these picture books are particularly important for the very young readers. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got um, some examples? Or, or... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking you want an example, don't you? Um, yes. Um, I. I've got one right here beside me, actually. That's not a hippopotamus um, by Julia McIver and Sarah Davis. And that was a really, um, it was, a, it was a really the first time I'd seen a class of kids in New Zealand uh, represented in all, with all different cultures represented in, in, that, in that group. Um, another good example is um, Things in the Sea Are Touching Me uh, by Linda Jane Keegan. Um, and she has uh, two, two mother um, family and it's done in a very natural way it's not like oh look there's two moms in this family it's like there just happens to be this is part of life one of the uh, one of the paragraphs I keep coming back to Sarah and I was reading the speech is where you um, call for more diversity in children's books but beyond culture and that's really important too mm. it is and there are a couple um I can think of a particularly in YA where I've seen um, neurodiversity re recognised. Um, uh, L. J. Ritchie, L. sorry, I can't remember the middle initial, but there were a couple of books um, where that's where that's very much part of the part of the story. Um, but there's more than that. There's more than that to diversity. Um, the the team of uh, people at Crypt the Lit have done really really good work in that area. Um, Helen Fle Vivian Fletcher is a really good writer who has been introducing other types of um, diversity into her books. Um, it's, yeah, but it's all, it's all growing. I, I can see the growth um, and the recognition and I think it, it will be, you know, in the next 10 years, things will have changed again. There's been an enormous amount of change. I actually gave the speech yesterday in person um, and people were remarking to me afterward how much change there's been um, 
across just the short, comparatively short time that I've been in the industry here. Uh, and I think in another 10 years, you'll see another story again. And I look forward to whoever's there telling that story. You referenced this just before, sir, but I thought I'd finish with this. This call in the speech also for slower publishing. What? what yeah. can, can you define that? I've been thinking about that because I, um, <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a spidey sense that you were going to ask me about slower publishing. What I mean is more careful publishing, um, and I think, and I think perhaps having those readers um, in there to to look at the cultural elements. If your book has got massive cultural elements, then have somebody in there that can that can make sure that you know uh, the iwi whose land that it's on is um, being respected, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that that would mean a little bit of a slowdown if you were, if you're looking at a publishing process. Um, yeah. Sounds good. I think there'll be lots of reaction to this. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Sarah Forster, the 2021 Storylines Betty Gilderdale Award winner.